Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. My guest today, well, in our world, is truly known as having one of the most incredible, blessed voices we've ever heard. He has had a long recording career, worked alongside and shared the stage with some of the greats, which we will go into for sure, and was the winner of the very first The Voice Season 1. I mean, the beginning of it all, where he and his mentor, Adam Levine, walked away easily with all the glory. Please welcome to In a Mississippi Minute, my brother, Javier Colon. Hey, Javi. What's up, Steve? How are you? I'm good. I'm good, buddy. I'm great. You know, you know, back then, this is years ago. This is 10 years ago when we met. So, or maybe yeah. 12 years. Javi has been since 2006. Was, 2006 is right. Yeah, yeah it's 12 years. Uh, I want to say that's probably right. Yeah, maybe 2005, but it, it could have been 2006. They wouldn't let yeah. me in until 2006. But I, I, but I do remember going like, oh my, who in the heck? And so yeah. since then, we obviously, our families have become friends. We've gone on trips together, doing uh, events together, been to Hawaii together. All sorts of stuff. Yeah, All sorts. Sir. So I want to go back, and I want to dig back in your past. Your dad opened the mm-hmm. first. Well, tell me about the radio station. And so this is sort of how it got, all got started for you, right? Well, my dad, um, yeah, because there was always music in the house growing up. My, my dad, um, that's kind of how I got into music was uh, because the radio was, was always on. My dad was a, um, or still is, a, a radio, he's a radio DJ, and then he ended up uh, buying his own radio station um, with a few other guys um, here in, in Connecticut, and then he bought them out, and he was the the first um, Dominican owner of a radio station in, in the country. Wow. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's that's correct. Uh, and um, and yeah, so you know we listened to the radio all the time from the moment we woke up to get ready for school. The radio was already on, um, and then when we got home from school, my dad was still at the radio station, so my mom would be listening to to him and when he came home he'd be listening to see what was going on while um you know while he was not there so it was just it was constant uh it was constant music all the time in, in my house and uh and that's kind of where the my first you know my first notes that i sang were were uh you know these spanish songs uh that that would play this was a 24-hour uh spanish language radio station Mm-hmm. in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Love it. And, um, and yeah, and, you know, the first songs that I would sing, you know, were, you know, all these little, these ballads by guys like uh, Jose Feliciano and, and uh, Julio Iglesias, 
and uh, like Camilo Sesto, like some of these other these like these crooners, you know. That would you start sounding uh, like Giada De Laurentiis when she's talking about, "Hey, yeah, I've got this," and yeah. all of a sudden, Parmesan Reggiano. I love, I love it. It's in your bloodline. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, you know, it's the first language that I learned was was uh, was Spanish. You know, I, I, so I was. It's just how it started because my mom and dad spoke Spanish in in, in the house, and and uh, as we started going to school, uh, that's when you know the the English you know took over a little more than the Spanish, but but they're both. Uh, they're both still in there, but but yeah, that's how that's how it's um, that's how my love for music started, and and uh, and yeah, it, it grew from there. And you were you how old were you? Do you think you were when you first sort of got the bug? You know, I don't think I really. I mean, I, I would sing all the time, kind of around the house and stuff, but uh, I never did anything you know formal um, until my mom kind of pushed me to do some local like summer programs that had little like performances at the end of them and stuff and. Uh, I didn't want to do them, but she kind of coached me into it. Um, so I did those in like fifth, you know, summer of fifth grade, and in summer of sixth grade, I did another one uh, that turned out to be, you know, really pivotal uh, for me because of some folks that I met there. Um, but yeah, it's it, uh, you know, I, I kind of continued to to do these little summer things, and I got into seventh grade, and my seventh grade choir teacher on the first day of school. She um, she heard us singing warm ups and she was walking around the classroom, kind of looking for you know a voice that she was hearing. I guess and she stopped she stopped at me and she said, you know, can you stay after class? Uh, you know, after we're done. And You're said, in sure. trouble. <laughs> I know I'm in trouble on the first day of school. And um, and she says, hey, you have a really you know very nice voice. You know, do you sing outside of school? And I said, well, you know, I play the guitar and the piano and. I just started writing songs and stuff, and she said, "Can you bring your guitar in the next day?" And I said, "Sure." So I, I bring my guitar in the next day, and I uh, uh, she asked me to play something, so I play her a song that was on the radio at the time, and I'm going to date myself, but it was uh, uh, it was "Heaven" by Warren. Yeah, uh, I remember. If you could if you could believe that that was back in I think this was 1989. Right, we're talking about. So. Um, I played her that, and, and uh, she loved it, and she said, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have you come back at the end of the day. I'm going to give you a pass, and you're going to come and sing that for the seventh grade, for the eighth grade girls' choir class. Huh. And I, I almost died. I, I like, turned completely bright blue. Well, you're going to have, have a lot of girls like you after this point. Well, this is what happens. You know, but it was, but it, you know, the, when you go to a, a seventh grade boy that is just getting into seventh grade, right. school, he knows no one. Uh, and you say, hey, listen, go, you're going to now sing for this eighth grade girl. There's nothing more intimidating to a seventh grade boy than the eighth grade girl. Oh, yeah. Well, no, you know, no, so, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, so I, was, I was literally, I felt ill. I, um, <laughs> I, I conceived a plan to get out of school and have my mom come pick me up. So I went to the nurse's office. I told her that I didn't feel well and my stomach hurt. And I was like, oh, I just don't feel well. <laughs> so they called my mom and my mom was going to come and pick me up. And my teacher, her name was Miss uh, Spadicino. She walked by and saw me in there, and she's like, "What are you doing in here?" And I said, "I don't feel well. I'm going home." And she said, "No, no, no. I know what you're doing. <laughs> you're trying to get out of what I want you to do, and you're not. I'm not going to let you do it." So she called my mom personally, and she said, "Do not come pick him up. He's trying to get out of something that I want him to do, Man. and he's not getting out of it." So I that had to is do so it. Cool. I performed. It was awesome. I performed uh, for these girls. And, and they really loved it. And that was the first time that anyone other than my mom, uh, you know, told me that, that I, you know, sounded good. Like, you know, that was my first kind of peer evaluation. And, you know, had, had 
not happened, um, you know, it, I, I probably, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have, have uh, I wouldn't have continued uh, singing. Maybe I, mean, I wouldn't even have started singing in, in front of people. So after that, she, you know, she knew I was shy, so she forced me to perform and sing right. in school. She ha- she had me sing in the the national anthem at the beginning of, of school for the next two weeks. Um, I was singing it live, you know, from the from the office. <laughs> um, you know, she just did all on the intercom, stuff. right through the intercom. Oh, the intercom, doing? exactly. Blowing exactly. the intercom right out of the water. What could hold you that know, voice? Just <laughs> singing, you know. And, and but that's how she did it. She kind of devised this plan to uh, to kind of make me more comfortable singing in front of folks, and 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 it works. You know, between her and my mom, you know, really pushing me. As you know, I I I, I don't think I'd be doing what I am doing today had it not been for Mrs. Uh, Spad's, you know, inter- intervention. Well, sure. so there you go. So there's a mentors along the way that you get in life. She made that extra effort, you know, and yes. didn't have to. It's great. That's just what a great teacher uh, right. taking it to the next level of being a mentor. You know, it's funny. Your dad had the first radio station of its kind, and my dad had the first legal liquor store in Mississippi. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> I'm starting to think. And I learned uh, to, to write songs because of, uh, you know, Eugene Powell, who's Sonny Boy Nelson, hanging out behind my dad's liquor store and, and with the postman back there and at the end of the day. And, I mean, totally different circumstance, but it's so funny how uh, our dad's opening the first of their kind led us both to this conversation. <laughs> Right. I I love it. I love it. I love it. Here we are. Well, we're talking (laughs) to Javier Colon, the, well, incredible recording artist, great songwriter, uh, dear friend, but also the very first winner of The Voice. We're going to get into that in the next segment. I'm Steve Azar. You are in a Mississippi Minute. We'll be right back. It's homegrown. It's about home. It's hometown. Super Talk, Mississippi. If it might change your life or how you do business, you'll know about it thanks to Paul Gallo, JT, Rebecca Turner, and Matt and Richard of Head to Head. From the laws that made it through the legislature to the four-star recruit headed to your favorite Mississippi college. We're all about keeping you in the know. Super Talk, Mississippi and supertalk.fm. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Remember how it used to be. It was only you and me. I'm Steve Azar. We're with the fabulous Javier Colon. Javi, we call him. Uh, Known to all of us that know him as... Well, he's another dimension of voice. Just, just an incredible gift that he has been blessed with and worked hard at de- continuing to, de- to develop. Uh, but we're always in awe when he in, when he is on stage, and we're just blessed to be around and listen to to you, Javi. That's what we feel like. And so, so okay. So I remember calling you 
uh, and going like we had our ride records, me and Al, my buddy, Al wasn't your buddy, and we had it going, and we had this, our song Sunshine was really making way through the country charts. We were really doing it. The video went number one. You know, Adult Contemporary was talking about it like big time, and I was like, it doesn't need to be me. It needs to be Javier <laughs> singing it. So I know I drove you crazy. <laughs> the timing what didn't work out because I remember right. calling going like, let's make a record, and da-da-da-da-da, and all that, and you go, Steve, I, I'm, I'm actually a contestant now on a new show called The Voice. The funny right. thing about that was, to kind of better explain, this is you've done this too, Javier, when your song is fighting the charts, you go in and you spend a day calling radio stations, interviewing, and they play your song an extra time. It gives you a boost and, you know, and helps you fight your way through the charts, keeps your song right. alive, and you're going. Well, that day I was there with Blake Shelton. He was doing the same thing. I go, what's up, Blake? And he goes, well, I'm, I'm going to be a, uh, on a show as a judge called The, the Voice. And I said, What's that? What is that? And he goes, well, I'll mentor singers. I said, well, how's that going to work? You don't, you can't sing a lick messing around with him, you know, because I love Blake's voice. And he goes, sheer personality. And I went, oh, you got right. that. So, right. So I want you to go through the process of the experience that you had. Well, let's see. So we, I found out about it. My manager got a, an email from uh, some folks um, at Universal Republic Records saying, hey, this is going to be this new show. Uh, anyone who has, uh, you know, artists, uh, send them out to this uh, to this audition here in New York, and it had some links to uh, to some videos. The the show had been done in Holland, and it was a huge success, and it beat the Dutch X Factor and the Dutch Idol by a lot. It I was a you know, it was a huge hit, and they said we're going to bring it to the states, and and this is going to be the first audition, uh, you know, for the first season. And um, at the time, you know, I, I was not really, I had never really thought of, of doing uh, a show like this because I had a record deal, you know, uh, I had a record deal before. I, you know, I was signed in 2002 to Capitol Records. I released albums in 2003 and 2006. Um, right. They didn't do as great as we had hoped, so I ended up getting dropped in 2006. And, you know, from 2006 to 2011, when this email came through, you know, I was um, I was trying to find a new deal, you know, and... and um, and for the first deal that I got back in 2002, there was a bidding war between five different record companies. So I was hoping, well, you know, maybe some of these other record companies that I didn't go with, maybe they'll be interested in, in, in me now. And nobody wanted to, nobody wanted to sign me, man. I was like a, it was like I was damaged goods at this point because I had, I right. had, had a couple albums out that, that didn't do well. People were like, oh, no, we'll forget that guy. We're not going to work with him. And, um, you know, we got really close in, in January of 2011. You know, they, they, seemed very interested in signing me and you know i really thought they were going to sign me and and they ended up calling a couple of days later and saying that they were going to pass and i thought honestly that that was the dagger in my career because at that time i had my wife and i had my two girls right. uh who were two and four you know i can't keep doing something if it's not gonna pay the bill you know so i wasn't really sure what i was going to do and then you know two weeks later this letter comes in you know about this voice thing you know, I, I had just had this kind of defeat of not getting this record deal. Uh, I, I still somehow thought that I could, I could still get a record deal the regular way. And I was like, I don't think going through this, you know, through through the voice is going to be the way to do it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. My manager had uh, had sent in for me um, a reply saying that I would do it. So they gave me an appointment. You know, so I, I didn't want to do it. I told him. I said, Listen, don't. You know, I appreciate you doing that, but you know, I don't want to you know make these guys upset, you know, and and not show up, 
you know, I'm not I'm not going to go. So so just tell call them and tell them thank you so much, but I'm I'm going to have to regretfully I, I I can't make it. You know, and he said okay, let's you know fine. Like a week goes by, and I'm still talking to my friends about it. I had told some people about the opportunity and stuff, and everybody's telling me that I should do it, and and you know they'll help me whatever I need, you know, to to make it happen. And and I just I wasn't feeling it. A couple of days before the audition, I talked to my brother, and my brother Pablo, Pablo, our boy Pablo, yeah, Pablo. That's right. Uh, I talked to my brother, and and um, he had known about the audition, said you know that it had come through, and that that I, there was a potential, you know, that I would do it. And he said, "So you're going to do the audition on Friday or on Saturday?" Uh, and I said, "No, no, man, I'm not. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to do it." Um, and it was like this long silence on the phone. <laughs> and and the next thing that he says was, "What do you have going on in your career right now where you think you can miss this opportunity?" The and, voice and of reason from silence. your brother. Yeah, the lo- <laughs> uh, yeah. Then the long silence was on my end, and uh, I thought about it. I said, "You know what? I, I had I had nothing." down the down the pike you know i had i had a, a few shows you know a couple things lined up but i didn't you know they only lasted you know they only fed my my kids and my family for the next couple months you know there was nothing concrete i said you know what i said i can't i can't uh, i can't deny that i don't i don't have an answer for that so uh fine i'll 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 check in and see if i can do it i already told my manager to cancel so i don't even know if i can so i called my manager right away I said, hey, man, did you cancel that audition? He said, oh, no, I forgot. I'll do it right now. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Meant to be. I said, I said don't do it. Don't do it. I'm, I'm going to go. Wow. He, he said, you sure? I said, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. So I ended up going, <clears throat> and um, I auditioned. I wasn't even prepared. You know, they had had, like, on the, on the audition sheet, you know, that you're supposed to sing, you know, uh, I guess whatever, uh, three songs, you know, that, that have been, hits in the last five years um you know popular pop hits in the last five years i go in singing an original song um time after time uh, did you do time after time time after time, after time yep. which is an old cindy Lauper hit from right. not five years ago like 20 years ago and then um i sing uh somewhere over the rainbow which is yeah. i mean even older <laughs> right 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 so i broke all it's the an eminent domain <laughs> yeah exactly at this point um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, but uh, they, they liked what they heard and they wanted me to kind of move on to the Los Angeles, uh, side of things. So, um, so how many, so, so there were, bu- were there a bunch of people? This is the first year. Um, did you see other people there that was, were, uh, contestants or did you just sort of yep. show up and you left? <clears throat> yeah, no. So when they brought us over to, uh, after all the auditions that they did wherever throughout the country, um, they brought everyone to Los Angeles. And there was about, I think there was about 200 of us that they had uh, they had brought in, and um, yeah, and so I went in and, and um, we did, uh, you know, it was round after round of audition, uh, you know, and, yeah, and cuts that they were making, uh, all the way till you know we got to like the final, you know, 80 people or, or 70 something people uh, before those are the people that got to do the blind audition. And, um, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was nerve wracking, you know, uh, you know, that was before. Why was it nerve wracking? I mean, you were there with everybody and you were singing and you knew it's like, uh, you were Joe Montana, you know, I mean, <laughs> it was like, are, are you, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> hey, not, come yeah, on. But, uh, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I never, I never felt 
Um, I never felt really comfortable, you know, even, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, you're, you're surrounded by all these people that, that are musicians just like you that are doing it. Some of them are doing it for a living already. You know, some of them have had records out with bands right. and, and what, whatnot. And, you know, these people are, you know, a lot of them are polished. You got some folks that are young, you know, that had never done anything. And then, you, you know, you, you had the whole gamut, you know? So it was, uh, you know, it was just still nerve wracking just to kind of have to go through and it, it's just knowing that you're being judged and, and, you know, other people are putting, you know, uh, you know, a, a label on you on whether you are, are worth it, uh, mm-hmm. or worth their time or not kind of thing. You know, it's just, it's a weird thing to be, to be picked apart in, in that way. Um, something that I had, I had not experienced like at, at that level, you know, where, where you're trying to, to prove yourself. It's talent shows, you know, man, that, it's a taste bud thing, yeah, you know? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a different, it's a different animal. How do, how do you um, like your steak? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, so yeah, but you know, we, we went through three or four auditions and then we, you know, they picked the, the, the last lot of us to, to do these blind auditions and, and I got, I did my blind audition and, um, you know, I, I, uh, I chose, I chose Adam Levine, and uh, I got I got a four chair turn, which was awesome. And, well, yeah, uh, they were all Adam. we we all turned our chairs. I mean, I I went and found a chair because <laughs> I remember it happening so fast, and then Adam was like, everybody was like, whoa, and we were like, and of course, the feeling that we got at home watching. So you couldn't tell us anything. I remember trying to get you to tell us, and you you were sworn to secrecy, and I get it. That's right. Uh, we're with That's Javier right. Cologne. Uh, winner of the very first voice and actually great career with bands like Tedeschi Chucks before it all started. Uh, we're going to be right back here in the Mississippi Minute. Before we go, though, Javi, uh, into the break, you get to play DJ because I want you to continue uh, talking about uh, the voice and, and how it went down from there. But uh, tell me, you know, Mississippi is the birthplace of American music, and we, we yep. brag and we boast on that while the great uh, successful artists that we've had in our time I want you to play Mr. DJ. So uh, tell me, would you like to hear, oh, your choice is going to be Marty Stewart, who I love Marty, or Charlie Pride, who I really love. I love them both. Oh, oh let's go Charlie Pride. Let's, I love that. Let's, uh, do, let's do Charlie. All right, we'll be right back. We're with the great Javier Colon. I'm Steve Azar here in the Mississippi Minute. You've got to kiss an angel good morning And let her know you think about her when you're gone Kiss an angel good morning And love her like the devil when you get back home Kiss an angel good morning It's homegrown. It's about home. It's hometown. Super Talk Mississippi. If it might change your life or how you do business, you'll know about it thanks to Paul Gallo, JT, Rebecca Turner, and Matt and Richard of Head to Head. From the laws that made it through the legislature to the four-star recruit headed to your favorite Mississippi college, we're all about keeping you in the know. Super Talk Mississippi and supertalk.fm. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Blue and black, heart torn out, you uncover. I'm Steve Azar. You are in the backside of all 60 Mississippi Minutes. You are in a Mississippi Minute. We are with Javier Colon, incredible singer-songwriter, inaugural winner of the very first The Voice uh, he's taken us through the thing. Adam has uh, turned his chair. They've all turned their chair. Blake. Uh, who else was uh, 
Who was on the show that year? Oh, the guy with yeah. the little arms. Uh, no. I, I didn't mean to say that. That's <laughs> <laughs> not nice. That's not nice. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Uh, so CeeLo. We had CeeLo. They all flipped their chairs around, right? I remember CeeLo yep. flipping out. I mean, like flipping out. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, Adam was. He and Adam. Uh, Adam. Yeah, he and Adam turned around the same time. Yeah, and Adam was hyper, man. He was like he was he was chomping at the bits, you know. So right. Did you know in your mind who you would take already? Because I kept thinking you were going to go with CeeLo. There was some strategy I um, I kind of used in in this in this decision. But what I really wanted to make base the, the, the decision on. Uh, you know, first of all, I didn't know who was going to turn around. I was hoping for just one person to turn around. Um, but I told myself, you know, that if uh, if more than one person turned around, you know, I I need somebody that you know I got to really feel like this person wants me on their on their team, and I'm going to make it just a, a gut decision, and you know, just really just genuinely go with who I feel you know is going to think that I'm going to be an asset to their team because this is a competition and. You know, in the first phase of, of this competition, the coach is deciding who stays and who goes. Right. So you really need to feel like, you know, I mean, you know, I, and I would talk to other contestants, you know, as we were there kind of sequestered in a hotel, we couldn't leave. You know, we would just all, you know, an off time, we would sit by the, the fire outside the hotel and play guitars and you kind of get to know everybody, which was really, really awesome. Um, but you get to talking to folks and, and uh, a lot of folks, you know, when asking, you know, we'd all ask each other, say, hey, so who do you want to go with? Who do you want to go with? You know, my, my answer was always the same. I'm really, I'm not sure, you know, whoever wants me the most. But a lot of folks would say, you know, oh, you know, I love Christina. I've got posters of her, of her all over my wall, and, and I'm, I'm going to pick her. Or somebody would say, oh, Adam is, you know, so gorgeous, and, and I love yeah. Moon 5, so, so I have to, oh, if I get time to, you know, chance to spend time with Adam, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. You know, and I, and I thought to myself, you know, but what if, you know, what if, uh, you know, you do your performance, you know, and, you know, the person that you admire and love, uh, they're the last ones to turn around. And you have, you know, you have, you know, the other coaches, you have CeeLo or you have Blake, you know, saying, listen, you are the best person that I've ever heard on the stage and I need you on my team and we're going to win this thing. And then you have, you know, Christina or whoever it was that was your favorite saying, um, well, oh, you know, you know, everybody had turned around, and I and I felt I felt like I I was going to miss the boat, so I just uh, I figured I would I would I would hit the button just to right. just to see see what you were doing. You know, you can't you can't possibly go with no, she's uh, out. I, you know, with the, with the person that I mean, at least from a, from a competition standpoint, it's not. A, I didn't think it would be a, a wise decision no. to just go with with your favorite uh, as opposed to going with the person that really has a vested interest in having you on on the show you know what i mean that's that's what i was i was looking for that kind of feeling uh from one of the coaches to right. to you know before i made my decision and, and adam was that but i mean the entire time adam was you know jumping up and down and standing on his chair and yeah. uh i don't know if he stood on his chair but he was just up and down and and just like hey you know what man i i need you i need you on the i need you on my team i want to win this uh and and i i need you to do it you know, and yeah. he was the most, uh, you know, and even I think it kind of made Christine a little mad because she even said something. She was like, man, Adam, you selling, man. You just you just selling yourself, yeah. you know, yeah, but yeah. that is exactly what I was looking for. Right. Um, and and he and I said, I got to go. I got to go with Adam. And and I'm so glad I'm so glad that I did. People ask me, you know, a lot. This, you know, do you think that you would have won 
if you went with another coach? And I tell them I don't think so. No, uh, but I disagree and, with that. I think that I actually could have been your coach from from and not even been on the show. Uh, there would have been a new category because there was nobody. There was nobody close. I mean, if people go back and watch season one. I mean, this is just coming from me, Javi. This is uh, it was a no brainer, but sometimes no brainers and yeah. the obvious doesn't happen. So, I well, mean, yeah, and that, especially that, in that our business. My, yeah, that was you know that was my my concern. You know, it's like um, you know, and I and I appreciate you you saying that, but it, it it was a tough it was a tough battle. At the end of the day, on that last episode, I only won by two percent of the vote. So it wasn't, uh, you know, a walk, a walk in the park that that my friends seemed to to think it was. I mean, this was, I mean, it was a tough, it was a tough battle the 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 whole the whole time, and I never felt comfortable. People would always call me the front runner, you know, after having seen me on one of the commercials, one of the first commercials for the show, and and um, and I hated that because nobody, you know, no executives want the front runner or or the guy who everybody thinks is going to win to win because win, that right. doesn't make good good television. Right. You know, they want they want good. They television. want the underdog. <laughs> yeah, they want people want the underdog. And and, um, you know, and I didn't want to be this the, the front the front runner. So it made me very uncomfortable. And, you know, and just I remember that uh, that year or the just the, the, a couple months before uh, Pia Toscano had uh, had been on American Idol and she was the, uh, the best vocalist that they have had on that show, I think, ever. Right. And she ended up leaving in like seventh or sixth place or something, something like that. And it was like it, people, I, I mean, there, there were people that, that, that stopped watching the show because they were like, it's impossible. Like she's the best singer that you could possibly have. And, and how could she be going home? So after knowing that and after having seen her go through that, I was like, there's no, um, there's no way that I'm, there's, I'll never be safe and I'll never feel safe. Um, and I don't think that they're going to let me win you know, because right. I, because they don't they don't want that. It just doesn't make interesting enough television. They want people to be shocked and surprised, and like they want all those emotions. I mean, it's it's TV at the end of the day. It's so exactly I, I, what it I, is. I never thought, yeah. So I never thought that uh, that that I would I would get that far. And 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 the reason that I say that I I think I only would have won with with Adam was because he really let me be myself. He really he let me. You know, at one point, the producers and uh, they had selected a, uh, you know, between him and the producers, they had selected a song for me uh, that I didn't think was going to be the right song. It was the first song of the live shows. They wanted me to do Every Breath You Take. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in my entire career, I had been compiling songs that were like my go-to songs. Like if I had a chance to be on Oprah back in the day where millions of people were watching and I had one song to sing, I had like a list of these songs that are my best songs <laughs> that get the best reactions in my shows. And I said, look, if I have a chance, I'm going to, I, I want to sing these songs. And I had this list of songs. Um, so when they gave me that song, you know, I immediately, I, I reached out to Adam and I said, Hey man, Adam, I, you know, I, 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 I like this song, but man, I, I really don't think that this is going to be the right song for me. And, you know, when it comes to perform to shows like this, um, song choice is, is everything. I, mean, I, don't, I don't care what anybody says. Song choice is everything because if you pick the right song, 50% of your job is Absolutely. already done. Because people already love the song. They hear it start and they're like, yes. You know what I mean? Like that, right. So that, that is what, that's how you need to make people feel with every single song that you sing. And I didn't feel that with 
with that it was going to be that way with this song and and it was not it was not a kind of song that I could really really stretch and really do my thing on and so I talked to him and I said hey man I'm really I'm not comfortable with this song is there any way that we can that we can change it I've got a list of songs that, you know can you just take a look at these and let me know what you think and he instantly hit me back and said dude don't worry, I got you. We'll, if you don't like it, we'll change it. Um, whatever, whatever you want to do. And he went back to the producers, and he fought against them to, to help me change the song. So, um, so we, he, he and I agreed on the song. We changed it. And then two days later, the, the, one of the guys who created the show from Holland, he comes up to me, and he says, hey, I think you're making a big mistake. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, you changed the song. Um, hmm. I don't like the song. I don't like the song that you chose. Why... why why did you do that? And I said, I, because I, I think I just really feel that it's, it's a better song. He said, I don't, he said, I don't like it. I don't like it. And I really think you should do the other one Wow. Uh, that, that, that we had chosen for you. And this is literally, you know, three days before yeah. we air, before we go, we, we go live. And, and I'm like, you know, at this point I have to make a decision. And I think that, you know, because of my experience going through record labels and stuff before that, I was able to confidently make this decision. Um, and, and I, I said, listen, I, you know, I appreciate I appreciate you looking out for me because um, he, he said something like, you know, I, I just don't want you to make a mistake. I don't want to see you go home. Um, and I said, I appreciate you looking out for me, um, but I, I, I think I have to stick with the song that, that I, that I, I chose. Uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, I know my voice better than he does. I know what songs work with my voice better than he does. And even though he's a, a person, you know, in power, um, I couldn't let that sway my decision uh, because he doesn't know me like I know me. Right, and you've already been through like all this stuff, Javi. You've been through all, the, you've yeah. already made these mistakes. I'm not making that mistake right. again, right? And you right. Had, you I'm made not, records that weren't R, that yeah. you didn't want to make exactly an R&B record the first time. I went through those same right. things. We sung the song, we, actually the song choice was uh, was Angel by Sarah McLaughlin. Um, apparently he did not, he did not like the song. But okay. uh, <laughs> uh, we did, I did the song uh, live and uh, we, uh, you know, it was the first song in the uh, history of The Voice that cracked the top 10 on iTunes. There you go. Uh, in, in, in sales, so, you know, after, after the, the show was over. So the next day uh, he came up to me. Uh, actually, it, was, it might have been two days later when I saw him. He came up to me, and he kind of had his head down a little bit, but he said, uh, he said, Javier, you were right. I was wrong. Congratulations. Wow. And he walked away. And that was, and that was it. So it worked in my favor. Yeah, but that, you can sleep at night that, knowing yeah. that you went down your way. We're talking to the great, fabulous Javier Colon. You're in a Mississippi Minute. Hang in. We'll be right back. No other news team covers the Magnolia State like News Mississippi. On air with reports every hour and breaking news as it happens. News Mississippi at newsms.fm. The official news provider for Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. But just hear me out. Fights far from over. I'm with Javier Colon, and he's waiting on uh, somebody to come check on his roof. And I thought we were going to get to hear that, but we're not getting to hear it. That's all right. Uh, we're, in the, <laughs> we're, we're in the final segment here, and on the way down to all the 60 minutes of In a Mississippi Minute, uh, my guest is, like I've said, Javier Colon, uh, just incredible recording artist, songwriter, performer, uh, uh, wonderful human being. 
Hey, so Javi, um, quickly, let's do some quickly sort of bullet points thing. Okay, your relationship, once you won The Voice, your relationship with uh, Adam uh, obviously was strong. Uh, it was real and authentic. You guys had a battle together. You won. Uh, so it's nothing like having a team and a victory. And then you started touring with, with Maroon 5, right? Yeah, yeah. We started doing some shows together. It was the most incredible energy I had ever felt from a stage. And I can't, I can't wait to go back. It was, it was phenomenal. Okay, that's wonderful. Now, okay, now jump real quick. Real quick, I have to say this. TV shows, it's gotten... Okay, look, it's gotten inundated. There's so many people winning the shows. When you go into a record label, because you got a record deal out of this, when you go into the record yeah. label, um, you, they already have stuff they're working on. They didn't find you. You're up against every. It's like playing for a coach uh, or a GM that didn't. The GM didn't sign you. The coach has another quarterback, and all of a sudden here you come, and they have to all of a sudden stop what they're doing. Really and mm -hmm. race to put you out it, in our business that just is almost impossible it's almost impossible and now it's so inundated with all these winners that there's just not room on the radio so you really got to sort of have your just in case you know so i i know that the record the record thing was wild afterwards right yeah it was and it's like you said I mean, it's, it's an arranged marriage uh right for sure you know right. they're they're not uh you know they, you know they didn't really choose you, or they didn't choose you at all, um, and you didn't really choose them. It's just you know the vehicle brought you to them and, and brought them to you. So um, you have to kind of make make good with it as, as best you can. Right. And sometimes that works out, and sometimes that doesn't. In this case, you know I think they wanted me to be someone different than, um, than once I again, was. right? Once again. Uh, one, once again, even though being myself and truly being myself, I feel like was what won me the show. Uh, because I, I sang the songs that I wanted to sing. Uh, I stayed true to myself. I didn't stray once singing something that was out of, that I felt was not right. comfortable to me as an artist. I really was myself, but then as soon as we, you know, as soon as we get out, you know, they're sending me these songs and they want me to do this and that, 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 you know, a lot of, a lot of which I felt was, was in my, in my comfort zone, but then sometimes they'd come out of left field with some stuff that they felt really strongly about that had, I mean, was nowhere near who I was as a person yeah. or who I was as an artist. Yeah. And, uh, we, we butted heads on, on, on yeah, at, th at this point, you didn't need A&R people. You just need to say, let me give you a record. Let me turn you a record in that I love and want to do like you chose that song, you know, and that that's sort of what you need to be. But I know I get it. OK, so let's move now to real quick to uh, your time with Tedeschi Trucks, who's on fire right now. So you were the original singer of Tedeschi Trucks. No, I was not the original singer. Um, I actually came in and replaced one of their earlier singers. I never uh, get it right, but was, that's all right. And <laughs> sorry, this was before. Uh, this was before Susan and, and, and Derek had merged bands. Mm -hmm. Susan had her own band, um, and they were dating at the time when I kind of when I kind of came into the mix. Um, so Susan, he was only nineteen, um, and I was twenty one. I think when I first started in the band. And um, so, yeah, so he, so she was in her own band and he was in his own band, but then they got married towards the end of, of my run with them. Um, you chose to move on to go get your record deal, right? I, I did, I did, because this whole bidding war started because of a demo that I had made 
and uh, you know things just kind of started moving pretty quickly. Uh, and then I ended up getting getting this record deal. But I'm gonna tell you, it was one of the, the most uh, most amazing experiences of my life to get out to. You know, I was fresh out of college. I was only out of college two months. I got a call from these guys saying, "Hey, they're looking for a new singer." Uh, you know, I, I got to to meet Derek at an Allman Brothers show, and I got to listen to him play. I had heard his his CDs, and and um, you know, was kind of getting ready to 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 meet him. And man, I, I knew that he was ridiculously talented. Oh, so uh, but then to see to see what he does live and to see uh, to see him play in, in person is something I think anybody who loves music needs to go and do. His, his guitar he, he has just, its own voice. It's like he's singing. The slide playing is I just mean, he, it's ridiculous. That's just, his, that's just his talent. It's like he just yeah. makes the guitar sing, and he wants to make it sound like you know Mahalia Jackson just right. wailing out there you know what i mean and that's right and that's but that's the kind of music he listens to he listens to everything he listens to anything from mahalia jackson and mississippi john hurt yeah i love it okay so for finally uh to let everybody know how can they follow you facebook is just javier cologne music my instagram is also javier cologne music i'm on twitter as well you can just search my name javier cologne and and you'll see me pop up there with a check mark. Well, Javi, I love you, brother, and you travel safe. I'll love see you, you soon, and uh, everybody uh, check out the fabulous Javier Cologne. Download all of his music. Download it, pay for it, and then if not, okay, you can stream it, but that's secondary. But uh, just that's get right. it, put it, and turn it up. It's amazing, and, uh, and you've been inside a Mississippi Minute. I got nothing else. I'm out. Later on. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute... All 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Sweeping across the country. JT and Rhino. They don't tiptoe around anything. They're not afraid to just tell you like it is, and they have opinions that are strong. The JT Show. And you have to respect them for that. Weekdays at 10, Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.